0: All his life, John Henry was inspired and supported by the women around him. His mother, his sisters, his nieces and the nanny that raised them, as well as the housemaids that looked after the family homes in Edinburgh and Fife. He was brought up by a father who wrote about the importance of educating women and granting them the vote, and a mother who ensured that she and her daughters were educated to university level. In Houseworks Oriole. John Henry paints his housemaid sweeping the stairs of his Edinburgh townhouse for Drummond Place. The painting was completed in 1916 during World War I and it is the subject of one of Christine De Luca's poems. The word aureole means a circle of light around someone or something, often used in art to communicate a sense of holiness.
1: Houseworks aureole The house is quiet now War feels far off Though our young men have gone to serve. Only you and me left, Betty, and the cat. You at your work, and I at mine. I still dream of Kelly, slower on that stair, past Robbie's door, Knight of the realm now, and the girls' door. They're long up and off with loved ones of their own. Things start to fall apart. The grand garden Robbie made, now nurtured by neglect. But I can still hear laughter and mother playing her stoddard piano. She's not long gone. Light from this cupola casts a web of wonder. And you deserve its aureole around you in all its glory. For all you do each day for this old man. Is more than holy.
0: Many of John Henry's paintings seem to represent moments from the lives of his sisters. The painting Bad News was created in 1884, the year after the eldest Lorimer son, James, left to seek his fortune in Melbourne, never to return. James died of typhoid in South Africa in 1898. The picture may have been inspired by his youngest sister, Louise, who modelled for the painting. Louise was the writer of the family. Several of her articles were published in literary magazines. She was also a great traveller, although she always called Scotland home. One of her articles centred on Poland, where she travelled in the 1890s with novelist Dorothea Gerard. On their way, they passed through Vienna, where they had tea with Mark Twain and his family. During World War I, John Henry created a sketch, also called Bad News, for the Artists' War Fund, which he described as...
2: A little study of an old woman reading her son's letter from the front.
0: It is typical of John Henry to represent war from the perspective of a woman rather than a man, highlighting experiences that his contemporaries sometimes overlooked. In The Eleventh Hour, completed in 1896, John Henry explores the sorrow of a young bride. The painting may have been inspired by the middle sister Alice, who married Sir David Chalmers in 1878 when she was 21. When Alice and David were married, they moved to Guyana, where David served as Chief Justice. The title, The Eleventh Hour, could therefore refer to her final hour at Kelly rather than her final hour before her wedding. Alice and David's marriage was not arranged and seems to have been a happy one. John Henry never married, although he may have been plagued by unrequited love. The names Harriet, Jenny and Isabel have all been mentioned within the family as women John Henry may have loved and had to let go. The Eleventh Hour could have been inspired by one of these lost loves. When it was displayed in Paris, where it won a gold medal, John Henry gave it the title Mariage de Convenance, translated as Marriage of Convenience. Christine De Luca's poem, The Eleventh Hour, includes references to another painting by John Henry called Jeannie Gray. The title refers to a Scottish ballad that laments the betrothal of a woman not to the man speaking the ballad, but to someone else.
1: The eleventh hour. Dear sister, sit you down by me and let nobody ken, for I hae promised late yestreen to wed young Jamie Glen. Something has impelled me to paint you weeping, maybe praying, your bouquet cast aside. Your little bridesmaids dance expectantly, no time to linger, the ceremony about to start. A door ajar. A narrow stone stair beckons. I've given you the softest veil I could, the most exquisite satin. I've left the window to the far fields wide open. I'll leave you now, but know that I would lift that veil and kiss away your tears. The melting tears stood in his e what hurt could say him nay? As aft he vowed, through life I'm thine, my bonnie Jeannie Grey.
0: The Eleventh Hour was cut to about two-thirds of its original size in the 1940s by an unknown owner, which is why the bouquet of flowers can no longer be seen. The painting Maternal Instinct, also known as Ecstasy, may be based on Alice, who had six children, like her own mother before her. The young girl could be Alison Bell, known as Elsie. She would have been eight years old when the painting was created in 1892. Maternal Instinct may also have been influenced by an early memory of Sharch Cathedral, which John Henry visited with his brother Robert.
2: At Shatra, we had the luck to see the procession of the fête Dieu round the town, led by girls in white dresses and veils, the smallest in front kept in line by ropes. Near us, a mother on her doorstep, unable to control her emotions, jumped down, picked up her baby girl and gave her a kiss and popped her back into her place. My brother never forgot this and frequently recounted it.
0: John Henry's portrait of Alice was created in 1890 during one of her visits to Kelly from Guyana, where she lived with her family between 1878 and 1895. The painting shows her with her fourth child, Thomas Michael Chalmers. While living in Guyana, Alice fundraised for affordable housing for local people and set up a reformatory for young girls who her daughters read to each week. She also created a small shop that sold children's shoes, which were often hard to come by. When she returned to Scotland, she became the secretary of the Brunsfield Women's Hospital in Edinburgh. The hospital was near the Lorimer's Edinburgh home, one Brunsfield Crescent, where John Henry's mother spent her autumns and winters. Springs and summers were spent at Kelly. In 1902, John Henry painted a second portrait of his mother, about which Louise wrote...
3: I do like the taking up and the simple manner of it and it is extremely like in a way but she has undoubtedly her pensive look as if we'd all given her a great deal of trouble and she had rather sunken into it. Of course, I admit that when she sat in the studio rather cold and tired and rather self-conscious as she is when she sits she looked very like that But surely, surely a painter ought to be able to generalise a little. I mean, put a little of what he knows of the general look of a person into the particular moment of sitting. Louise later seemed to change
0: her mind once she saw it hung in the Royal Academy next to a piece by the painter James Abbott McNeill Whistler. She wrote to her sister Laurie, who had commissioned the portrait, that
3: Mother's looks quiet and distinguished, And I do feel it is a nice picture.
0: The portrait has inspired Christine De Luca's second poem about Mrs Lorimer, who often referred to John Henry as Jack.
1: Mother, Jack, my dear, do hurry. I can't dally like this all day, dressed up. I know you want to test your skill with my dressy jacket, silk stole and jewellery and show off my hands with my evening bag. But it's hard to keep still. I've nearly finished mother. I know it's chilly in my studio and the chair, though a treasure to paint, is hard to sit on for hours on end. You look a little tired with all the concentration. I'll keep the background dark and plain like father's portrait. This will make a fine companion piece. Laurie says I've made you look intense, but but not a steer. She told me you've caught my likeness well, my fine cheekbones and what the prof used to call my piano hands. Fiddlesticks. Now, son, upward, onward, just one more sitting and then surely you'll be done with it.
0: When his mother died in 1916, John Henry wrote a heartfelt letter to his brother-in-law, Sir Everard Imthurn. In the letter, he also speaks of the family nanny, Joanna Herbert, known as Nana, who died the same day as his mother.
2: My dear Everard, my most sincere thanks for your very kind letter. I know that you were truly attached to our mother as she was to you and that you were from the first and always most kind intended to her in many ways which she valued highly. She was the gracious sort that responded to such thoughtful gentleness as yours. Although she had not known any of us for weeks or months, the actual passing of the poor body, although one knew she was away from it, was most horribly painful and distressing to see Alice sent me down a note early on Sunday morning saying she and Nan had just come from the hospital seeing Nana breathe her last and that our mother was breathing very hard and seemed near her end and I had better come up at once. The moment I went into the room I saw that great change since the Friday night and that the end was just coming which it did half an hour after. Of course we would have liked you to be with us in New Bern, but utterly understood, especially as you have been north so recently. Such a fierce wind was blowing there that I could hardly follow Reverend Thompson's voice just behind me, and barely realised, as it is so difficult, what was passing. It was nice that Esther unexpectedly came, so we all stood round, And as Robert and Violet had not brought Christopher, we asked Lady Anstruther to come and stand with us, as she had always been such a constant, gentle friend to the mother. I wish you had been present at the little service at Brunsfield Crescent, as it was beautiful, quiet, and one realised better. Hannah had the lovely thought five minutes before to ask Dr. Wallace Williamson to read the lines near the end of Tennyson's Passing of Autumn, beginning, The old order changeth, which she said that Mother was always quoting, and he at once fell in with them and read them in the most impressive way, saying, I shall first say some beautiful lines which gave comfort to our dear departed sister. It was comforting to us and seemed to bridge the years of her sad decline. Hannah has been most kind and helpful. I think I told you at Kelly my view that in spite of the great amount of anxiety, goodness, and watchful care of all the other sisters and nieces, she perhaps seemed the one who had among us nothing to regret in the way of giving her constant love and decorum. Please pardon my not having written sooner. As Robert and Violet stayed at Gibbleston and he took charge of all the arrangements there, he gave me a pretty heavy time here as I had also to do much arranging for Nana's funeral and cremation. The little service for her at Davidson's Mains was very quiet and beautiful. The parson coming down and playing the hymns himself and then they went off in the motor van to Glasgow. It was very good of Hannah to go. We persuaded A not to. Yours affectionately, J H Lorimer.